Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Seriously, man, you don't really think we're going to see any Canutes and 41 Rockies jerseys here at Coors Field, do you? I mean, no offense, I know you're a local and all, but that was a long time ago. You never know. I've seen some old guy jerseys around here, haven't you? In fact, I actually heard from a really good source. You mean you saw it on Twitter. Whatever. I heard that Chad Cool's wearing 41 now for the Rockies because he grew up a Milwaukee Brewers fan and he watched me wearing number 41 back in the day. That, you know, that's pretty cool, right? I see what you did there, Mark. Yeah, okay, wait. Look, he's right over there. Let's just go ask him. Well, you know, we probably shouldn't bother him. What do you mean? We're media. That's our job. Follow me. Uh, okay, but, but let me ask him. Hey, Chad, I'm Mark Knudsen. This is Manny Randall. We do a podcast called the Park Adjusted Rockies Podcast. He came up with the name. Congrats on your great start to the season. Are you liking it here? He's got a question for you, Chad. Okay, I heard somewhere that you're wearing number 41 here as a Rocky because, you know, I wore it a while back. A long okay, while back. whatever. I wore 41 in Milwaukee, as I'm sure you know, since I heard you grew up a Brewers fan and all. Uh, yeah, no, I uh, grew up in Delaware. Um, you know, kind of watched the Phillies kind of growing up, but uh, never really heard of you. So when they gave me 41, I don't think it really had some... Uh, significance behind it sorry yeah what's what show am i on it's the park adjusted rockies podcast and now here are your hosts mark knudson and manny randawa what is the role of the big league manager in baseball's analytics age recently former angels manager joe madden was interviewed and voiced his concerns about front office involvement in what goes on in the dugout we turn to the pride of the UNC Bears, former Expos manager and Colorado Rockies coach Tommy Runnels, for his take on baseball's trend toward more front office meddling. TR doesn't hold back, and you'll appreciate his candor. That's up next, so stay with us on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars past and present, look no further than DenverAutographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall. Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. Well, it's open season on managers, it seems like, or at least it's going to be pretty soon. The axe will start falling on guys. It's already happened to a few guys. But I think the most interesting managing news, Manny, came out from somebody who was fired earlier in the year. When Joe Madden started talking about the new role of managers or the lessened role of managers in, in Major League Baseball, the over-influence of the front office, as he talked about, uh, this week we're privileged to be joined by a former Colorado Rockies coach, a former big league manager, managed the Montreal Expos in 91 and 92, the pride of University of Northern Colorado, a Northern Colorado Bear, uh, Colorado Rockies assistant coach from 09 to 2016, Tommy Runnels, joins us on the program. TR, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me on. Well, we really wanted to talk to you because... Uh, we need to get a pers- get some perspective here. You were really coaching in, in Major League Baseball prior to the huge influx of analytics. I mean, I, it's been around for a long time, but the, the really big emphasis on it. But also you were around when uh, Jim Tracy was going through the machinations with the front office, maybe a little over-involvement with Bill Guy Vett and that sort of thing. I guess the, the predominant question we'll start here is where should the line be? I mean, is Joe Madden, you read what Joe Madden said. Was he way offline? Well, I, uh, I would say no, he's not offline. You know, obviously the front office has gotten much more involved. For what reason? Uh, I'm not 100% sure other than, you know, they want to have their say in, in the outcome uh, more than 
what they used to. I'm a firm believer of, you know, of a great communication and hiring a manager to do a manager's job and stepping back and letting him do that job. The communication is a big factor. I think when people can communicate and they're on the same wavelength, I think things can work, you know, uh, cohesively and things work well. But for whatever reason, I just feel like the front office has gotten more and more involved uh, and certainly with the analytics side, because that's something that they can actually have their hands on. Yeah, Tom, I, I think, yeah, I think you just hit on it. Um, the big data revolution. I mean, you've seen it just as we have kind of explode uh, over the last um, decade or so, a little bit more than that, really actually two decades. But do you do you think that the front office feel, front offices feel, because we all want control, right, uh, in our lives and in any, any aspect of our lives. And do you think the front office feels like, front offices around baseball feel like they want to control as much as they can, whereas in the past, before analytics became what they are now, the field manager was more autonomous, able to do what he felt was right and necessary, whereas now control has kind of shifted to the front offices because everyone wants it and they're, they're going to take it if they can have it? Uh, I, well, certainly that's part of it. I, you know, I'm, I'll go on record. I'm still pretty old school. Uh, you know, I'm not a big person on micromanaging. I feel like everyone has a job to do and there's a lane that they should stay in. And when that crossover gets skewed, I think that's when we have problems. And that's when, um, and I've seen that happen more and more. Uh, and believe me, it, it started even back in 91 when I was managing the Expos. I remember Dan Duquette coming downstairs with them. Uh, and I can't remember who the, the analytic person was at the time, but he came downstairs and said, you know, don't play Andres Galarraga on Sundays because he doesn't do well. I'm like, okay, well, Galarraga is our star and you don't want me to play him because the statistics say he doesn't do well, you know, and it, it, that's, that's where I first was introduced to this kind of stuff. And, and it didn't set very well with me. Um, I'm a lot like Joe. I love information. I think, you know, knowledge and information is powerful, but I think again, you hire a manager to do his job. The manager has coaches to do their job. Let us do that job. Let us, let us pass that information if we deem it necessary and not too much. I know Joe said, you know, you need tidbits, you need nuggets, not, you know, inundated with the, the analytics. And I, I believe that as an athlete, as a former player, Mark, I know you too, that yep. you get handed too much information yep. and, and, you know, your brain starts to scramble. Yep. And, and my, my college coach, and I'll remember this all the time. I mean, I'm sure he wasn't the first to say it, but I know that I remember him saying it more than others is he used the old saying kiss, right? Keep it simple, stupid. And I think it's just gotten so crazy with all the information. It's information overload. And I think it has a, a detriment effect on a lot of players. I think, I think a couple of things that I've observed and tell me you've been in this game in and around the game far longer than I've been around the game. So um, I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this, but a couple of things that I've observed one um, and I don't mean to paint that this, this the entire group as a, you know, with a broad brush, but, Typically speaking, analytics folks are very good with numbers, but not so good with words. 
um, and not so good with uh, communication skills, maybe, or or being personable about things and just kind of being able to break things down in a way that the layman can understand. You know, I think that there. That being said, that's where finding that unicorn of a person who can. I mean, this is a crucial thing. I mean, they, that can do both, where they can they can distill the information, like you said, Tom. You love the information. It's not the information. And, and it's never been the information that's been the problem. It's been getting it across and what people either do or don't do with it and whether they use it or abuse it, right? So yeah. um, it, it seems like that's one thing. And then the second thing, so so that person right there is the, the, the great, um, you know, the, the golden goose, right? That person, if you can have some, somebody that can do that and basically bridge that gap so that you can make people, um, you know, people who are actually needing the information, make it so that you can distill it and they can understand it well, and only the information they need, not the rest of it, not just throwing a bunch of information, like you said, on on people. And then secondly, um, you know, we've all heard of, we, Mark and I have talked about this on, this on this podcast before, but we've all heard of FOMO, fear of missing out. Well, I think there's a fear of um, falling behind. Yeah. And uh, generally speaking, among people in any walk of life, and that's and I think in the front offices, it, it got to the point where it's like we can't be behind after Moneyball and everything else. Right. We can't be behind. And if we get behind, we're going to get left behind and everything's going to be ruined. So just throw money at it. Get as many people in here, smart people in here as you can and just do it. And without and then things fall by the wayside that are very important, like communication so i think that's where the bridge is uh and i'd like to hear your thoughts on if you could have that person who could who could do both of those things and do them well would that work yeah a couple things manny and and i i kind of remember this you know back in the day when we first started having sports psychologists come around you know and and you look at these guys and you go, and okay, really, I don't need a psychologist. I don't need this guy, but that right guy can kind of fit in with your team and finds a way to get information that's helpful to players that they perform at a higher level. I mean, you know, and then there's some guys that come in there and they have all kinds of different, you know, crazy ideas about how you should focus or whatever. And it kind of turned guys off, but, Finding that right person to be able to implement some of this information, absolutely, I think it's important. Um, and I think that's a little bit of why front offices today are kind of, and, and again, I don't mean to say this in a general statement, but are shunning some of the old school managers and baseball people, scouts, you know, because they now are bringing aboard, you know, this younger generation of, of more analytic driven and you know if you can find that person that can handle both i mean you're obviously you're a step up on on everybody you know when it was first really introduced to us in denver with the rockies i have to admit i it was it, it was a little abrasive and i don't think it was handled right i think it was more shoved down our throats and i always bring this one up you know i i consider that nolan arenado is maybe the best third baseman ever in the game of baseball. Nolan doesn't play baseball from analytics. Nolan plays baseball with feel and instincts. And when someone gives me a stack of papers and tells me to tell Nolan where to play, that's offensive because this guy's as good as it, you know, he knows how to read a swing. He knows who's pitching that night. He knows when a guy's going to throw ground balls his way, you know, and that's something I'm not sure that you can quantify 
buy in the analytics. I mean, I know that it's, you're going to get statistics and, and, and percentages, but um, you know, it, we're not playing with robots. We're not playing with computers. We're playing with human beings um, that make mistakes that aren't able to execute all the time. And I just feel like the art of the game is really kind of taken away when we overload with, analytics it, it, i wonder if somebody like jerry depoto might be that bridge guy you guys are talking about a, a former player but as someone who's do, he's a he's a historian jerry's got this massive memorabilia collection he's he loves the game but he's also an analytics guy yeah and it would seem like guys like jerry and he's had mixed success is doing really well now in seattle it seems like he was that's the kind of guy you really want you want to educate the former player you know, it used to be all general managers, former players, and now obviously that's not the case. But educate a guy who's who's had some game playing or game managing experience in analytics, so they can find that proper balance. Is that does that sound like a good idea? Well, I think it's. I mean, obviously, you know, I don't think all good all baseball players are good coaches, right? Um, and certainly, I don't think all. <laughs> people that are are qualified analytically are good right. at presenting information but i think there are some on each side and i do think that you know former players that are astute at the analytic area uh, can can do it can be could be that bridge you know you had this situation in 2012 where the the role of the manager here in denver the role of the manager became a little bit iffy when the Rockies decided you guys had to do that piggybacking thing with the pitchers, but more under the surface was Bill Guyvette's office being moved down in the clubhouse. Uh, I don't know. Was Bill was the general manager down or down? I don't know who the titles were at the time, but I know that rubbed Jim the wrong way. How did you, you were there. How did that feel having the GM right there in your, in your clubhouse? I'm not going to lie, Mark. It was awful. I mean, I I think it was a terrible, terrible uh, decision, a big mistake you know, come on, Jim Tracy was a former manager of the year twice, you know, he, he, he knows what he's doing. And again, it's like anything. I think if you are being micromanaged, you're not going to get the best out of anybody. And truly having the general manager down there and being involved, you know, it was always, you always felt like they were looking over your shoulder, you know, how you're handling players. And again, that, that just, it didn't work for me. Didn't work then. I don't think it. I don't think it works. But but you're we're good. kind of going that direction again, aren't we? A little bit. Well, I know that they're trying to. Joe was trying to say. But I I guarantee you, at, at some point, and again, look at look at most of the the successful teams. I don't see them doing that. I see. I was you gonna, know, I was gonna I was gonna just say. Um, I'm thinking about Dusty Baker in Houston right now because you know obviously that situation was a. a kind of unique because of what the Astros were dealing with uh, or what, what right. the Astros had done really. And, and, and the way that all broke down and they wanted a guy who had experience and who could handle this situation. And Dusty has been done more than just handle it. He's done a great job, but Dusty's old school as far as I know. And, and I'm sure uh, that he is working with whoever in the, in the Houston uh, front office uh, is, is passing down that information and it's, it's working because the one constant I think we've seen in baseball, whether, you know, the Mets are the Mets are have lost their division lead. The Yankees are collapsing. All this stuff's happening, but the Astros—they're just constant. They just keep winning and they just keep doing their thing. And they're, you know, I mean, these are the types of years where everybody's talking about one team, and then it's either the Rays or the Astros that goes on and wins the World Series. I think, but if you look at Baker in Houston as an example, 
uh, kind of what Mark was alluding to, doesn't it, it? It seems like it works, and that's a team that you wouldn't say is super old school, and that they that don't use that don't use analytics. Well, I'm going to go somewhere too that I. I mean, again, I probably ruffle some feathers. I, listen, you have good players, <laughs> you're going to win. You know, yeah. Analytically no or, or not, you're going to win if you have good players. And Houston has had some some quality teams, some quality pitching. They've gone out and acquired pitching. Now, I, I agree. I, they're, they're doing a wonderful job. And, you know, I, I know Dusty. I know how he operates. Um, and he's, he's open. Um, you know, I bring up the Braves all the time. I know, I know that situation because of Walt and, and Brian Snicker. And, you know, I know how they have handled things. Um, I, I know the Dodgers uh, and, and Doc Roberts and the way they do things. Again, if you have good players, you know, um, I think, you know, always it's going to look good. And especially if you, you're using, you're high on the analytic side or if you're not and you're winning, I mean, it's going to, it's going to just skew. Winning cures everything, right? Winning makes you look good. <laughs> Whatever no you're doing. question. No yeah. question. Well, um, hey, Joe Torrey, Joe Torrey wasn't that great of a yeah. manager until he went to New York. And as soon as he <laughs> yeah, was in New York, St. Louis he, before he that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like using that as a segue to the Rockies here, <laughs> you know, you were with this organization for a long time and, and obviously from this from from here in Colorado. And boy, what do you make of, of where this team is right now? They've obviously taken a lot of heat for the way things happen with Arenado and Story and everything else. And um, we've obviously talked at nauseam about that on the show over the, over the uh, months, but what's your take on where this organization is right now for, for, uh, you know, a, a team that we know it's already hard to win up here, no matter what, but then it's even harder when you're not making the right moves. Well, Manny, I wish I could tell you that I have paid close attention to the Colorado sure. Rockies, but I, I really, no, have. that's all right. I mean, what, what I, I would even be very interested in, and your general ideas of even going back to when you were here, like, how do you win here? Well, <laughs> oh boy, could you open up a can of worms? Yeah. Uh, listen, I'm that's why we're question. here. To that's why we're question. here. Oh man, that me, hasn't let, been answered and can't and probably can't be answered. Well, I, no, I listen. You gotta somehow hang on to some of these superstars. I mean, that's yeah. I, to, to me. You, you know, you build around now, obviously it's a mid market. I know Dick very well. I'm, uh, you know, I'm very close to with the mom from family, Billy Schmidt, everybody there. I, I still know them, but it somehow in the previous group, you know, you turn off guys like DJ LeMayhew. I'm not going to say who said it, but one of those general managers, and I'm not going to say which one made a statement said that DJ LeMayhew doesn't belong on a major league field within the Rockies organization. Oh, yeah. So now DJ just went on to be a National League batting champion, American League batting champion. He's won gold gloves. All you know, I, I, listen, but it's, it's, it's stuff like that, that when you get it from a front office and we're looking like, are you crazy? You know, Nolan Arenado should have been a lifetime rock in my mind. Well, uh, I think in a lot of people's minds, yeah. just on that, on that topic, uh, it's it's one of those where there when he left and really forced his way out of here. Right. Um, it, it was an implied admission of failure, I feel like, by this organization, because that was their guy. That was their cornerstone at the hot corner. He was their franchise face of the franchise. And, and that was the guy 
you would see them building around to make a team that could be a perennial winner um, or postseason contender. And it's like when he left, that was an admission of failure because he was the guy. Right, right. Well, you know, Nolan, it, I mean, it, and it went back to Tulowitzki, you know, it continues with story and, and you know, continues. What is it, Tom? What do you see as being the issue? I mean, it's obviously not a, an isolated uh, situation because you just named three guys right there. Well, you know, under under the circumstances, I think at the time it might have been, again, communication uh, between the front office uh, and your star players. Um, I, I think that's uh, it's you have to have it. You have to have it. You know, I'm not going to say, but I know some insight about, you know, <laughs> the Atlanta Braves losing Freddie Freeman. How does that happen? You know, that stuff like that should not happen when especially when guys want to be there. And would like to finish a career playing, you know, where, where they were signed. But let, let me go back to answer your question. In, in my mind, and I do remember having multiple conversations with uh, ownership and front office, is when we had Nolan and DJ and Trevor and Carlos and Blackman and everybody, and we had a pretty good core group of players and we're leading the league in hitting every year, it seemed like. And we asked many, many times to, you know, pick up that one reliever piece or that one starter that could really make a difference. Because I think, I mean, I think they've had some really good players come through the system, good pitchers, you know, but there are times where one more quality player and we certainly needed, you know, some help in the closer situation in, in 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, and we couldn't get it. It seemed like when we left, then the next year they went out and spent like 24 million or something on relievers. Who was the reliever from Kansas City? Um, Wait, well, they got, they got Greg Holland first. Yeah, oh, Greg, which Greg. turned out to be Jeff Bridges' only good free agent signing. Yeah, well, but we How asked about- for that the years before, and yeah. it didn't happen. And so then when we left, they get it. And we're like, oh, okay, now you're going to do it. And I think they went out. Didn't they go out and went get in the playoffs a couple of years? And the, well, 17, uh, yeah, 17 and 18. Card. I mean, those yeah. are good years. That That's successful yeah. years. Yep. 17 and 18. And I feel like, and we, again, we've talked about this. 18, that offseason was the time to do it, man. That, that offseason was a time to get the complimentary pieces. Yep. Because you had the window opened. And it's like, you know, I was – We've talked. I've talked to a lot of people about this. You, you got DJ Nolan, um, Trevor Story, three of the best infielders in baseball on, on your team, closer to peak level. Charlie right. Blackman, yep. and and then that young pitching, young starting rotation that that proved that proved to be pretty good with Marquez and Freeland and these sure. guys. And you you just need to add the complementary pieces, and you don't have to go out. You know, it's like, but they couldn't do it. They couldn't get it done. And it just seems like, you know, I'm no GM, but it just seems like it's just it's it's front office one-on-one type stuff that that just never happened here uh well i have to agree with you i mean and again you know i know that it's not always going to work out i mean there are plenty of times when it doesn't but you you have to strike when the iron is hot and that was an opportunity like you said and it didn't happen so you know it is it's hard Tommy, you, you know, I know you know Dick and Charlie really well. We both do. But, you know, they're brought up with the Montfort meatpacking business and they have this business model that they stick to. And Dick is sticking to that. Still is. Always will. 
Do you ever see him changing? Do you ever see him saying, hey, wait a minute, we need to do this a little bit more like everybody else in baseball operates? Or is he just so stuck in his ways? Is this how it's going to be done as long as he's the owner? Mark, I would say if you got the right guy, the right general manager doing what he should do, I think Dick would do it. I do. I really believe that. Is Bill Schmidt that guy? I I can't say. I mean, I, I think Billy was a, a, a good scout, scouting director. I really like Billy Schmidt. You know, I don't, I, how do you, how do you know if he's going to be the, the right guy? Right. I, I just don't know. I, you know, I think he's sharp, but does he have, is he the guy that's going to go to Dick and, and sell him and, and, and push him on, on things that he needs? You know, I would hope so um, for the organization's sake, but I, you know, I don't know that end of, of Billy. Tommy, before we let you run, I got to ask you two really quick questions. Get your comments on two things. I know um, you lost a friend when Tom Petrov passed away. Your former coach passed away uh, recently. Um, tell us what you tell us your memories of Tom Petrov. Oh man, Mark, I'll tell you. You know, growing up in Greeley, walking on at UNC, and and running into Coach Petrov the first time, he was like larger than life, and <laughs> this guy was imposing figure. Nope. You no, know, I, I was. It, it was an incredible time. My four years there, obviously we went to the college world series, my freshman year, didn't play one inning, didn't get one at bat. I was a great cheerleader, but got to see him work, but he was, he was intimidating at first, uh, yep. very intimidating coach. I remember him yelling at us and he gets spit in the side of his mouth, you know, and but he was, he was such a creative teacher back then. One of the best hitting coaches I've ever been around in my life. He, yeah, uh, he was a scientist. And, he, was, and really was. He, was, he, was, he was hitting analytics before there was hitting analytics. You're absolutely right. But, but when it came down to it, Mark, it was, he would always say it's about getting seeing yep. it yep. and feeling it and hearing it. And, it, I mean, he broke the senses down. I mean, you could – he was awesome. He was. And, and later in life, I had a chance to go spend a, a week with him last year – I, I drove over to Pennsylvania and spent a week with him and Barb and just relive some memories and talk to him. And, you know, the guy, he's 90, he was 92 or whatever. And still yep. his mind is just trying to come up with new ways to teach the game sure. and to, to teach hitting. And, and I just love that about him. Yep. Well, hopefully we'll see out here in mid-October. There's a, a, a memorial up here at Greeley um, in mid-October. Hopefully you can make it out for that. So one, one more thing before I let you go. Will there ever be and should there ever be a major league baseball team back in Montreal? <laughs> One of Manny's uh, favorites. Uh, good luck. <laughs> good luck. All right. Really hey, interesting. I, good luck with that. Um, you know what? I, I loved my time in Montreal. I did. It was it was wonderful, obviously. Yeah. Good okay. luck. All right. And I, will be, I will be there in October. Okay, I'll be there on the 16th. Look forward you, to seeing you, forward to see you there. Thing. See you there. Thank you very much me, for joining guys. us. You bet. Thanks right. for being with us. Thanks, Tom. Tommy yeah. Reynolds, uh, the pride of UNC and uh, Rockies coach, former big league manager, joins us on the program. Manny, you got a closer for us? Yep. All right. Stay with us. We'll be back after this with Manny's closer on the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. For the best selection of autographs and memorabilia from your favorite sports stars, past and present, look no further than denverautographs.com. Find what you're after on the web or at either of their two Metro Denver locations, Colorado Mills Mall and Flatirons Mall, Broncos, Rockies, Avs, Nuggets, and much more. It's all at denverautographs.com. 
The place to catch all the big game action is at Stoney's Bar and Grill, now with four great locations, including Winter Park and the original at 11th and Lincoln. Great food, great service, and unrivaled game day atmosphere. There's no better place to watch your favorite teams in action. To find out more, check out stoneysbarandgrill.com. Bridging the gap between analytics and quote-unquote old-school gut feel is something that has been the topic of discussion for a long time in the baseball world. So why are there seemingly so few examples of successful bridges out there? As our guest on today's podcast, former Major League Manager and Coach Tom Runnels talked about, communication is key. You can have great data and great ideas of how to implement solutions, but without being able to communicate that in a coherent way, and without being able to break down information in a way that's digestible for players and coaches, what good is it really? Someone's got to figure it out, right? Well, much like it seems that there are rumblings of a shift back toward more contact and less concession, mainly in the form of strikeouts, for the sake of power at the plate, Perhaps the communication barrier is next on the docket of issues to be tackled. It's at the heart of everything a Major League Baseball team, or really any organization in any area of life, for that matter, is trying to accomplish. Information is critical, but so is communicating that information so that it can be put into use for the common good. Let's hope some teams that could use improvement in that area start to navigate their way toward finding the right formula. That'll do it for this episode of the Park Adjusted Rockies podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Our thanks to former Expos manager and Rockies coach Tommy Reynolds for being our guest and to you for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.